Well, that was just a little recap of some of the things that we've uh, been experiencing in our student ministry and just what's been uh, happening. In fact, uh, the worship team found one of the uh, little rubber Nerf bullets, Brad, uh, Brad Rosen. Here you go. So after service, make sure you come and get that for, from me, man. Uh, so we found one of those. Sorry. And uh, we've just been having a good time. And uh, just like uh, Pastor Wade just, just expressed, um, I know there's just some grief and just different emotions that are happening right now this morning, and I'm sure most of you know is uh, Dale Murphy, as we call Murph, uh, has passed away this week. And I just, from a, from a perspective of someone who's only been here six months, the impact he's had on my life has been significant. And uh, just, just in these last few months, um, just the way he cared for our students and just just our teenagers of this church, and wanting to set a path to say, keep going, wanting to set a path for a generation now, but for the future, and um, just as he would come into the student center on Wednesday nights, a lot of times I wouldn't even know he was there, because Wednesdays can get a little chaotic, and he would sit in the back of the room, and all he was doing was updating his prayer list for us, like that's what he came to do, and um, the last Wednesday before his passing, uh, that f- he came and did just that, and the next day sent me an email and just said how happy he was to see what seemed to be so many unchurched students taking part in what we were doing. And I'm um, just thankful for people who set a pace for what that looks like. And we're just thankful for a church and a community that um, allows us to do things like we did um, last weekend uh, as we had our fall retreat. It was an amazing time. We had a couple other churches join us for that. It was a lot of planning, a lot of things, and um, could not be more grateful for the leaders, our adult leaders who are part of that, and for just many of you who came and helped us make that awesome. Brad being one of those who brought in all the Nerf stuff so we could have an awesome battle. And I will tell you this, I am not in my 20s anymore. Man, (laughs) I felt that recovery time real good this week, and, uh, but just thankful, thankful for what God's doing. And we, we challenge our students that they would encounter God. That was the, the name of our retreat is Encounter, and that was the whole thing. We said, we want you to encounter God like you've never encountered Him before, and, and I, think that, um, I think that we accomplished that. We had tons of fun, did a lot of fun things, but at the end of the day, the heart was just to encounter God and to see Him in a new way. And uh, we're just thankful once again. I just say that from the bottom of my heart, that I'm thankful for the opportunity to uh, just pour into your students, into the lives, in, and into their lives and their spiritual lives, but also that a church would allow us the opportunity. And this new student center um, just made that event so much better um, by being able to have it. So thank you for that. And um, if you haven't picked up on it already, uh, I am the student pastor here. My name is Nike, and I'm just blessed to have this opportunity to speak and to share with you this morning, um, just in the absence of our lead pastor today. And so uh, we've been in this series called Navigating Emotion. And in this series, we've been talking about uh, just several different things. But Pastor Brad's been leading us through uh, just some emotions and how we can navigate those. So the first emotion that we talked about was sadness and really some depression and anxiety. And then we went into the emotion of fear and how fear can lead us into healthy things, but also can hold us back from some things. And then we talked about anger and talked about how we're going to get angry. What do we do with that once we are angry because we are humans and we have emotion. So we've been working through those emotions. We've also been working through the book of uh, the Psalms and just picking one and kind of working through those each week as God would kind of pour into us. And the best thing about the Psalms is they're just real, honest, raw emotion. 
And that's the best part of those, is that we can just have this raw emotion, and we as humans can have raw emotion. We can have real, honest conversations with God to, and just let him know exactly how we're feeling. He knows how we're feeling, so why not just go ahead and express it? And so you can have emotion. God has given you your emotion, and we just want to come alongside of you and help you learn how to navigate those emotions in, in the good times and in the bad times. And um, we hope that this series has been a blessing for each of you. And so as we um, work through this series today, and we're going to close this out, I'll be talking about the emotion of desire. And this is not uh, necessarily one that I think we would normally put into this, but it's here, and I hope to help us work through what that is. And Pastor Wade and I were even talking before the first service about how it's kind of a weird um, emotion, if you will. We would almost usually tag on the idea of lust and greed onto this. And uh, so just to have the whole overall understanding of desire, and, it's, and also, is Pastor Wade in here? Pastor Wade, he is in here. So uh, if you guys don't know, we just want to give him a shout out. Pastor Wade has been recommended for his ordination. And so Wade, we want to we thank you, man. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for who you are and just the way you lead. And so him and I were talking about it. Um, and so I was sharing some of the things and ways that I hope that we can work through this emotion of desire today. So as we get into this, we're going to look at three different areas of emotion. And so if, you have, if you're taking notes, if you have your notes out, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this. The first one that we're going to talk about is understand my desire. Now, I just want to remind you, like, when I write notes, I always write them with the understanding that you are writing these down. And uh, sometimes it can be easy if it says understanding your desire, then you'll uh, just kind of project that onto somebody else. You say, yeah, they should understand their desire. But this is understand my desire. And so when you write that, I want you to take that to heart, understanding my desire. And so um, to understand that, I think we should define it. So I'm going to give you another one to fill into your notes. We're just getting started, and you're, you're too deep in, all right? So good job, everybody, if you're taking notes. But we're going to take this um, it just according to our American dictionary. This is what desire is. Desire is feelings that urge you to the attainment or possession of something or wishing for something to happen. I'm going to read that again to help us understand. Desire is feelings that urge you to the attainment or possession of something or wishing for something to happen. I want you, as we kind of talk about this today, to understand that there is nothing wrong with having desire. Nothing wrong. It's where we place that desire that can begin to create some issues or trouble or difficulties in our life. And so we, uh, once again, are here to come alongside of you to help you navigate these things. And um, I really hope that you have desires in your life. Like if you don't have desire in your life, then you're probably living a, a pretty like just mundane or just like careless life if you don't have any type of desires. And so we want you to have desire. We want to help you navigate what it looks like to have desire because our desire is either going to lead us to some very good, healthy habits or it's going to lead us into some very bad, unhealthy habits. And desire will begin to push us one way or the other. So as we're in the 11th 11th month of our year, some of you might already be thinking about your new year resolutions for next year. 
Um, that New Year resolution might be the exact one that you had for 2023 that you never like stuck with, right? Uh, that's kind of what desire does. I crave, I want to do something, but then really at the end of the day, your other desires might take over and don't let you develop healthy habits. And so I would uh, love your help. And um, there's just a few things this morning, like I want to share a couple of my desires. And this first one just come up within the last couple of weeks. And I need help deciding whether this is like a good desire or maybe a bad desire. And so I have just had for the last couple of weeks just this internal desire, this craving that I would begin to put black rubber spiders all in Pastor Brad's office. <laughs> and I don't know where that's come from, but it's just developed over the last couple of weeks. If you weren't here during our, our, our uh, fear message, uh, Pastor Brad had shared that he, was, like, that he was scared of spiders, and then his family like, tricked him with this black rubber spider, and it scared him. And you, at first service, he walked over, and he pointed directly at me as I sat right there. He was like, I'm telling you, do not do this, Nike, and he pointed at me. So all that did was really just kind of encourage that desire, right? <laughs> So I've been, I've been trying to process what to do with that. Uh, I, I'm not going to do anything, maybe, Pastor Brad, I don't know. He, he's going to watch one of these online, first or second service, and now it's just going to mess with his head. That's really all that matters at this point, <laughs> that he has to process whether or not it's going to happen. But it was funny that the amount of people who came up to me after that service and said, hey, I, <laughs> they were like, when are we doing this? When are we putting spiders in Brad's office? And you guys, I'm like, keep me out of it. But listen, if you're going to do it and blame me, at least let me be a part of it, right? So you guys, uh, it was just funny. And so it's just sometimes, yes, in our vulnerability, people can use that against you. And that was like his point of even, even sharing things. It can be fearful to do it. But I want to also, like, a, a desire that I really do have on a serious note is I desire to be a good dad, like, I desire to be a good dad. I desire to be a great husband. And, like, that's something that just internally, like, I really do want. And it was funny, in between these two services, uh, my daughter, which you guys probably heard during Amazing Grace, right when it got quiet, she decided to scream a little bit, right? And so um, we were, it was a whole thing about why she was even in here. But anyway, so we're going, and I take her out there, and she's just screaming her face off. And uh, somebody turns to me, and they're like, Nike, what's your greatest desire right now? And I'm like... <laughs> to be a good dad. And it is, even in that moment, to be a good dad. I want to remain in that. And that's when some of those moments can be frustrating. And, and that's where we want you to understand desire. I can crave to be an awesome dad. And then as I share that, in that moment, immediately, like if, if my daughter's having a bit of a situation, right, all eyes are going to turn. How's this guy going to react? What's his emotions going to do, right? And, and there was nothing malicious about the person who made that statement, and it was funny, and I laughed because it was funny. But it's like immediately now how are we going to react so when you have a desire and you have a craving and you have something that you want to do even that's good it can lead you to a place of man if i'm going to react negatively or this is going to be a hard thing it can affect you because see and we'll get into this in a minute because of my desire that i want to be a good dad at times if i feel like i'm not then that will lead me to some other emotions and so another thing that's come up here for for me in the last couple of weeks is or in the last week it happened at retreat all of a sudden, some emotions that I didn't even know that I had anymore. I thought I'd process and work through some things. I, I walk up, and I go to put my, my book down on the, the pulpit over in the student center during retreat, and I walk up, and as I walk up, I see something 
that's there, and I'm thinking there's no way that this is possible, that this is sitting here on a Saturday morning of this retreat. There's just no way, and I'm looking at this, and it was a used, dirty Q-tip sitting here. And I'm like, no, no way this is real. And before I can even process, I pick that up, and it's in my hand. Someone's dirty Q-tip. I know, and I'm not going to get into details about that, but I'm like, and all of a sudden, all of our adults that were there and all of our students can tell you, I start having an absolute spiral meltdown. Bruce, is that true or not? Like, I am, I, I handle pressure so well, I, like, whatever, but in this moment, I am freaking out, and everybody thinks I'm, like, joking, and I'm like, no, like, this is, I'm like, oh, I start sweating, I'm, like, freaking out, and then, so you would think, and I have to have a moment, I'm like, please, someone bring me a trash can and bring me a trash can. And then I'm just holding my hand like this, trying to like do this. Thing. I'm like, I have to just go wash my hands. So I'm like walking off the platform. You know, I go, I wash my hands and I come back and I'm still just like, whatever. So I share some emotion about like, hey, I used to be a, I used to be a germaphobe. And there was a lot of things that were in that, that I was, and some of you are sitting here like, yes, I would, I would pass out if I picked that up, right? And, and, I, and I was, and I'm like, whew, man, I'm trying to process. I'm trying to get through it. I'm trying to still lead. I'm in front of everybody. It's like, you know, we're at retreat, and so I'm standing there. And you would think that after I, like, shared about this emotion that I had and how I broke free from this, and all of a sudden, you know, we, emotion creeps in, and you don't even know why. And you would think that our students and our leaders would just come alongside of me and say, I feel you. I see you, Nike. Or, we're with you in your pain. No, that's not what I got at all. I started finding dirty Q-tips everywhere. And like, they were everywhere. And then we did this painting with Pam. Pam Smith came and helped us do this thing. And they're painting pictures of it. And they're giving me pictures and rocks. They painted rocks with Q-tips on them. And then this morning, before first service, I walk up these steps. The pulpit's over here. I'm walking over to put my stuff down. And you'll never believe what I found on this pulpit. A Q-tip. And I know who did this one, but I have this desire to find out who did this to me at retreat because it has unraveled so many things in our student ministry. You see, there's sometimes that emotion just comes in and you don't even know why, right? Like you don't, I, don't, I honestly, if I could tell you like why that impacted me so much. And then like Wednesday night, we're cleaning up after service and there's this half-eaten Twizzler and I just pick it up and like it was no problem. And one of the leaders is like, that doesn't bother you? I'm like, Apparently not. Like, apparently eating, like, having Twizzlers doesn't bother me, but that Q-tip did. And so sometimes on way bigger scales, emotion can creep in, and you don't know why. And I really did, and in, in those moments, I wish that I didn't have the reaction I had, but it just happened. And some of you in this room right now, you're, you're experiencing, and you have experienced, and that's through the emotions of grief or, or sadness and anxiety and depression or, or fear, something's holding you, or your anger. And yes, now as we talk about desire of, of lust and greed and those sort of things, there's, there's something that might have crept into your life you did not anticipate and you did not expect that it was going to happen. But it did. And once again, there's nothing wrong with desire. In fact, having desires is very, very positive. But today I hope to help us understand the difference in these positive and the negatives of desire. And so we've been, like I said, looking through the book of Psalms and just going through different ones. Today we're going to be in Psalm 37, verses 1 through 8. So if you have your Bibles or the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, I would highly recommend downloading the YouVersion app if you have a smartphone. Uh, we're going to start in Psalm 37, 1 through 8. In fact, Pastor Brad, at the end of his message last week, um, he shared 
I believe verses 7 through 9, where it actually talks about anger in this passage. But I want us to just get into a few of these things. And so if you're there with me, Psalm 37, verse 1, we're going to start there. It says, Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. I want to read verse 4 again. So if you're with me, that's verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Verse 5. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and wait patiently for him to act. I want to emphasize that as well. Verse 7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Now, in this passage, it talks about a couple of things about waiting patiently for the Lord and the desires of your heart. You see, so many of us, we want things in our timing, and that's where our cravings and our desires can, can really lead us to some negativity. We want it in our time. God, I want this right now, or I want this on the schedule that I've planned out for my success. I want this in my time. And your desires that you have are not in line with what God has called us to. And I don't want to be, Pastor Brad and I, as we were talking about some things, I don't ever want to be like pegged as like the guy who always talks about fasting. The first time I preached, I talked about fasting. I talk about fasting a lot because... For me, I've watched it as I would say, like my own desires weren't in line with what God had for me. And I just know that fasting just allows me those moments to just kind of pace myself and say, God, I want to be, I want to wait on you, but I want to be in what you've called me to do. In fact, after the retreat, and when you have those like kind of spiritual high moments, which retreat was, and you come off of those, I always know that one, temptation is going to creep in. Two, there's going to be something that happens that kind of generates some, some struggles or trouble. And so I was just like, man, I have to fast. And so I went into a time of fasting and saying, God, whatever you have next, and God, I want to be in this and with you, and I want to wait for whatever's, whatever's good, God, like whatever you have for me. And God does not do everything in our timing. I wish he did. It would make my life a lot easier. But he does not do it in our timing. He does it in his timing. And he calls us to wait on him. And I have story after story that I could truly tell about just waiting upon the Lord and saying, God, what is it that you have next? And I've watched for my own life and so many friends around me that when their desires and my desire gets way outside of what God has called me to, that's when it begins to impact me negatively. You see, I say, God, I want this now. And when God doesn't do it, it begins to separate me and it begins to maybe put some hindrance in my relationship with God. Because then I'm saying, well, God's not working. God's not moving. God's not doing anything. And so what is God good for? And maybe that's where you are this morning where you're struggling and you're saying, what is God doing? I've been waiting, but really I don't see him working. And that can begin to put strain on that. It begins to put strain on your relationship with God, your relationship with others, and you begin to struggle. You begin to struggle in your faith rather than pressing in. And that's why I would say that fasting is such an important part of what you do. 
It allows you the power to kind of just wait in that and say, God, I want to be in line with what you have for me. And that's not easy. It's not easy at all for us to do that. And so I want to um, go to this next part of this message. We're tying everything together. So we have, first of all, we're going to understand our desire. The second thing is pow- the power of my desire. I want you to see today that desire is the root cause of most of our emotions. The desire is the root cause of most of our emotions. It's what can honestly lead us into a place of anxiety and sadness. It's what can lead us into a place of fear. It's what can lead us into places of anger, and we don't quite know how to navigate. For example, if, if I'm hoping that something good is going to happen in my life, and I want a promotion, or I want whatever that is, and I don't get it, what can happen? For many of you, that can lead you to a place of sadness, or for others, that can lead you into a place of anger. I wanted this to happen, and it didn't happen. And so, if anybody who's married in here, so you'll understand this, but for me, my natural response to emotion, so like I'm not a counselor, it's not, I'm not here to give you all that, but there's just a lot of things. My natural, like immediate response to things when it happens is anger. Like that's just my natural response. And since I'm kind of a big, bold personality anyways, that can feel like it's at a level of like 15, and I feel like it was a level of five, right? Like it didn't seem like a big deal to me, but it can to others, it can to my spouse. When my spouse, she is somebody who responds usually towards sadness. And so there's tears and a lot of emotion and sadness and kind of struggle in that way. And so we respond completely differently. Does that resonate with you? Is that kind of what happens in maybe in your marriage or how you are? And it could be reversed or there's a different type of emotion. And then you don't understand why you're having the experience you're having. Like you don't know why you, like your spouse doesn't understand your emotion and you're struggling to have their emotion, which then is frustrating. So that creates more anger or creates more sadness, right? Like my spouse never understands me. And then it's like, oh, I don't get why they're so upset. And then you're angry and this just keeps going. So learning how to navigate that, learning how to understand each other is so, so important. And so we want to help you achieve like this, this goal of navigating through your emotions. And if we want to maybe reach a certain goal and we end up angry, now what? Right? Now what? What's the point? Where do we go with this next step? See, we can end up depressed or sad because the experiences that we had hoped for never happen. And like I said before, this can begin to to break away a lot of things in our faith. It can begin to really create a lot of questions. And I will tell you this, that Satan will use those to try to just manipulate and just trigger you and target you for so many things. There's three types of desire that I hope to—there's potentially more, and this isn't in your notes, but I would highly recommend writing this down. I think there's three types of desire— that we're going to look at here over the next few minutes. The first one is greedy desire. So we have greedy desire. Um, the second one is good desire. All right, so there's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing bad. It actually might help people, but it's, it's just good. But the last one is godly. So we have greedy, good, and godly. And there's a big difference, I hope, to help you understand between this good and this godly desire. Today, 
This greedy desire is a very selfish desire. I think we can probably comprehend that. But this selfish desire becomes it's all about you. It doesn't matter how it impacts your family, those around you, your work, your environment, the community you're a part of. What you want is all that matters, and you're going to do whatever it takes to get that to happen. And so it's a greedy desire. It's a very selfish desire. And you do not care who or how it impacts others. The next one this good desire. What I want you to hear is like, there's good things in this world that you may enjoy doing, right? Like, you may enjoy taking your boat out. I enjoy kayaking. There's a lot of things that I do. I'm like, oh, I would love to go out and kayak. Today, beautiful day for kayaking. It would be a wonderful day. I would desire to do that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I actually don't have time to do that today, right? So you find yourself in these moments where you're like, these are good things, but then there's this other side of desire that's godly. And this is that side where it's like, God, I'm surrendering, and I'm giving you everything. All that I have, I want to focus on who you are. You see, as a church, our goal is that we help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. And I think at times we always think about that as people who don't even know God and we get to introduce them to God and they're saved, but it's beyond even that. It's going into sanctification of full surrender and saying, God, what's next for me? And it's, and it's helping people say, like, I'm in a good spot. In fact, there's really nothing wrong in life. In fact, things are good. My job's good. My family's healthy. Things are good. And you're just in a really good spot. And the things you're doing and desiring are not bad. But there is always that kind of next thing where you're like, is this surrendered to God? Like, do I surrender these things to God? So there's this greedy, selfish desire. There's this good desire. There's nothing wrong with it. And then there's this, but it's not godly. It's not moving you to where God wants you to be. And then there's godly desire. And so some things that I think will help us understand this a little better. Desire causes us to fall into the trap of lust and greed and selfishness. It can happen really, really quickly. We'll make things about ourselves, and we'll covet what others have, and we'll take what isn't ours. That's what greed or what desire can potentially do to you. That's what desire can potentially create within you. And um, we'll take the example of money. There's nothing wrong with having money. But at what point do we, are we like, oh, we're good. We'll cap how much money we make. You see, somebody making $30,000 will always want to make $50,000, and somebody making $50,000 will always want to make $75,000 a year, and $75,000 people will always want to make $100,000, and so on and so forth. But is there ever, like, a time where we say, this is good? Like, God's just like, this, this is good. This is where you are. I want you to be a good steward in this position and where you are. There's nothing wrong with money. In fact, the Bible never says that there's anything wrong with money. It says the love of money, that desire, that craving to always have more and want more. John Wesley, he said it this way. He said, make as much money as you can. That's a profound statement. So that you can give as much as you can. You see, it becomes about what we do with the things we have. The desire within us to serve God, to love God, to love people. My wife and I, um, about 10 years ago, we just, like, were in a place where everything was good. Like, what I'm talking to you about, where there's just good things. Like, we were serving the Lord. We were at church. Like, everything was good. But we knew that God was calling us to get out of debt. And so we had to, like, look at what were some things that we could do. And um, we didn't really have, like, a bunch of things. But one of the things that all of a sudden we looked at is we literally opened our closet and found all of these clothes with the tags still on them. 
And we were just like, man, this is just a lot. Like, what does this even look like? What are we doing? And we found out we were really just shopping because we were bored at times. Um, we just shopped just, just to go shopping, and we would have all these clothes. And so we decided that we would no longer go shopping unless it was for something needed. So we literally only bought groceries for an entire year. And at first it was like, oh my goodness, like, this is kind of hard. But then as time went on, we're like, this is really freeing. And not only was it freeing, like we all of a sudden had money that we were able to use to help other people to do some things. And yes, to start working our way through getting out of debt. And we were just sitting there looking and going, this is incredible. Like this one thing that we gave up, like literally just not buying anything that wasn't a need. And so now, once we were done with that year, we kind of was like, this is amazing. We, we never want to go back to what we were. So we just don't buy stuff anymore. We don't do it. I have in my closet now, I have four pairs of pants. They're the exact same. They're just like this, just different colors. I have five button-down shirts that I wear in church. So now you know. That's my secret. If you see me just rotating the same five shirts, you're like, that guy wears that shirt a lot. Yep, well, it's in the rotation. It's only, I only have five. I have two sweaters that look like this, which apparently, this is an old man sweater, I was told this morning. <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, welcome to the club, all right? This is, this is it. This is our look. This is our vibe. If you're 55 and over, welcome. Apparently, I'm with you now. I didn't know it was an old man sweater, but this is what I was told. I've been told it's a Mr. Rogers sweater. I've been told a lot of things this morning. Somebody was like, I've never seen you in long sleeves. And I'm like, well, that's because I have five button-down short-sleeve shirts that I wear. So that is true. I don't think you've probably ever seen me in long sleeves. And so all of a sudden, there's all these, like, comments, but it was, which is fine. Not a, that's not a thing. But it was just all these things being said, and I'm like, well, there's actually very intentional reasoning behind it, and I have one suit that my mom bought me when I graduated high school. It's the only suit that I have. I've done all of my ordination stuff. I've done everything in that one suit. She's like, if you're going to be a pastor, you have to have a suit. And so that's what, I have that one suit. My wife, the same way. We have only selective clothes that we have. We have a million t-shirts, but they're usually given to us because when you're in student ministry, you get a t-shirt for everything, right? So I have a million t-shirts, but outside of that, <clears throat> this is it. And so in that one thing that we chose to do, it set us into this path of just saying, man, this is freeing. This is good. And there was nothing wrong, nothing wrong with us just shopping and having clothes in our closets with the tags on it. I don't think it was sinful. I don't think that God was disappointed. I don't think any of that. What I know to be true, though, is that when we just said, God, we feel that you have something more for us, and we're not just being good stewards of where you've placed us. And that simple decision has led us to be so much more generous and open and free. My wife and I, we actually just had conversations this past weekend just about where we are in our life and how we can do things different. And just even like with our living situation, all kinds of stuff, like we want to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so desire is what leads so many people, though, into addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, and yes, even food, that this leads people into these cravings and these desires. And so, as I said, our, our whole goal was helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. I will tell you this, you can be in a really good spot, and God is wanting to move you into an entirely different spot right now. And I've lived that, I've experienced that to be so, so true. The power of your desire begins to trap you. You can fill this in in your notes, this next point. See, selfish desire leads to hidden sin, but surrendered desire leads to purposeful living. I'm going to say that again. Selfish desire leads to hidden sin, but surrendered desire leads to purposeful living. 
And what happens is when, when we want what we want and we do not get in line with like God's heart and just wait patiently upon the Lord, when we, when we just kind of say, I'm going to do my own thing, we become very selfish. We become very cut off. And I would say like even for my wife and I, when we looked at just even spending money, like we, we were like, we're being selfish with what we have, with what God's blessed us with. But anyways, I just um, would say that what happens is we begin to hide things. Uh, we begin to isolate ourselves because we don't want anyone telling us what to do with the things that we have. We don't want to sit in a small group. It begins to isolate you from small groups. It begins to isolate you from community. It begins to be a thing where you become very standoffish because you are like, this is mine. I'm going to hold on to it. And we become very greedy. And so that's where this like selfish desire leads into these hidden sins because it's very easy to just hide away. Whereas when we surrender our desire, it leads to a purposeful living, it leads to an intentional life that God has called you to. When we were at our retreat, our speaker, she said that God does not reveal everything to you at once. He is patient with you. That's so true. God is not revealing all of the things that maybe need to change in your life at once. And that's where I think it's important that we see like, that we, have, we might have good desire, but they're not godly desires. I don't think that everybody walked in this room or these like selfish, greedy, like terrible people. That's not what this is. This is just saying there's potential for this to be very negative, but there's so much good if we crave the things and desire the things that God has called us to. And he is patient with you. He is full of grace and mercy, and he loves you, and he sees you right where you are. He's not trying to just throw everything at you and tell you all the things you're doing wrong. He says, I see you. I love you. I care for you. And I know that for me in my life, that's exactly what has happened so many times. And by just stopping and pausing and saying, God, what is it you have next for me? It changes so much. Desire does not always push you forward. Desire can often hold you back. And it leads you once again to this place of isolation. We think of desire of the success and the goals and the keep going and never stop. And it's going to be so good. But then when you look, it's like if you wanted more time with your family, but then you feel like you just need to keep working and working and working and you didn't get that time with your family. If you think that you need to earn more money and you just keep working and going and doing the things that you want to do, like once again, there's nothing wrong with that. But is that what God has called you into? Has God purposefully, intentionally said yes to the things that you're craving as well? Have you lined your heart with the desires of God? Now the last uh, point as we're heading to this last moment, we've, we've learned to understand our desire. I hope we're helping you just figure that out. We're trying to walk through, and we're trying to um, just come in and understand the power of our desire. But now we want to navigate my desire. Navigate my desire. And desire is what leads you to stepping into some of your old habits um, at the slightest inconvenience. I want you to think about this with me. If you have struggled with any type of addiction— you understood any of that the slightest inconvenience is not the the days you know are going to be hard it's the days that catch you off guard it's that slight inconvenience that leads you back into that path those things you desire those things you crave and and i use that silly crazy example of me in this q-tip but that's exactly what happened it was a slight inconvenience it was something unexpected that led me to kind of just in a moment in front of everyone just spiral and have some emotion and some flashbacks and like oh my gosh i've i've thought i was over this like germaphobe thing and all of a sudden here i am i'm like freaking out like what's happening and for you that might be exactly what's happened something in your work week 
some slight inconvenience. And I hear this all the time. Oh, it's been a long day. I just need, I need, I need a drink. I need a glass of wine. Just got to kick back. Got to take the edge off. Right? Like, we, we see and, and we experience those things and people with addictions all the time. It's those little inconveniences that lead you back into these traps. This is also what creates so many detachment issues for so many people. You feel like you can never be satisfied because your desires and maybe the things that you desired that you felt like God was calling you into. You feel like God has not fulfilled his, his plan, has fulfilled his promise. And so it leads you to times of isolation. It leads you into detachment. Once again, it's going to lead you from not connecting with the people around you, whether that's in your family, friends, small groups, church community, work, whatever that might be, you'll detach. You will begin to pull away from so many people. You'll begin to pull away from your relationship with God because you feel like he did not live up to the promises that he promised you. And you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied, and you're constantly looking for more because you desire what you do not have. I would encourage you today um, to look at your life. What are the things that you're kind of holding on to? What are the things that in the relationships that you have and maybe your relationship with God, how is your desires impacting those things? So James chapter 4, we're going to read this passage of scripture, and this is going to sum up all of what we're talking about. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And it's going to sum up really everything we just talked about, but you're going to, I want you to think about this. Like, how has my desires impacted what is happening in my life? What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And verse 3, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Let me read verse 3 again. And even when you ask, you don't, get, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. I'm going to ask you again to think for a moment about the things that you have desired or are currently desiring in your life. How are they leading you to love God and to love his people? Or are those desires pushing you further away from your faith? And further away from the people that you love, those people that you are, have relationships with. What are your desires making you hold on to? Like at the end of the day, what are, what are your desires just making you cling to and hold close and, and just keep, keep, keep close to you? You see, our emotions are attached to our desire. And some of you in this room, you're experiencing a lot of sadness or anxiety because... The things that you thought should happen, haven't happened. Some of you are experiencing just a lot of anger in your life because you wanted something and it, and it didn't occur, and so now you're just responding through anger and aggression. What is it that your desires are making you hold on to? And this last point today as we wrap up. God can do more with your surrender than you can do with your control, and I promise you that. Just trying to hold on to everything 
God can do more with your surrender than you can do with your control. And so this morning, as we get ready to close and the band's going to come out and uh, we're just going to have a time of response, I, I, I struggled with, like, all right, how do we end? And actually, in my notes, it says, like, share just a quick personal testimony. And I just, God just never revealed anything other than this. I could tell you a lot of stories of needing, of moments when I needed to surrender to God. I mean, over and over and over. I could tell you a lot of times where I need to surrender my emotion, my anger, my frustrations, my disappointments. I could tell you those stories, but at the end of the day, what I want to tell you, and what I hope you're getting, is that God <clears throat> will lead you to this place of surrender, open-handed living. I see we're going to open the altars here as we wrap up and we, we close in song. And there's nothing magical about an altar, but I will tell you there is no greater feeling than the freedom of surrender which is what an altar is. It's a, it's a place of surrender. And uh, I just encourage you today, like if there's just something that you've been holding on to because your desires have just made you cling to it, maybe today's the day that you surrender that. I think that a lot of you in this room, you've, you've got some unresolved emotion. You've got some unresolved things, maybe from disappointment or hurt or frustration. I think a great step is just coming to God and surrender. And so this morning, would you stand with us as we close in song? And these altars are open. If you want to come and pray and just receive freedom, then we would love for you to come.